Hello, and welcome to Not a Duck Commander Yet. My name is Sophie, and on today's episode, we will be discussing a topic that many of you might not know much about, but one that is very close to our Idaho home, duck hunting. While I have little knowledge on this topic myself, I have the great opportunity of being friends with an avid Idaho duck hunter. Mike grew up in Emmett, Idaho, and has been hunting since he was a wee one. He can remember his dad taking him out when he was just three years old, and he has been going ever since. He was able to fill me in on loads of information relating to the sport, including topics such as required gear, what to look for when finding a place to hunt, some different methods that hunters use, and he added in a few personal experiences as well. Hopefully this will all be enough to pique your interest in this great Idaho sport and make you turn your eyes up to the sky in search of ducks. Alright, so let's dig right into this by answering a question that many of you might be asking internally right now. Why would a person hunt ducks? Well, for some, it's as simple as finding themselves a good meal. Lots of people think that duck is a delicacy. Others enjoy the experience of getting up early in the morning and spending the day outside with friends or family and a loyal dog. And still, others are motivated by the conservation aspect of it. When a hunter purchases a hunting license and a duck stamp, that money goes towards protecting the local land and species. Now, a bit on Idaho duck hunting specifically. There are two different areas outlined in Idaho where a person can duck hunt, and both of these areas have a slightly different variation of the rules and regulations. For instance, Boise is located in Area 1 and is open for duck hunting from October 19, 2020 until January 31, 2021. You see, you can't just go out and shoot a duck whenever and wherever you want. There are even limits to how many ducks a person can shoot so that we don't accidentally wipe out the species. That limit in Idaho is 7 ducks per day per person. Now that you know a few of the rules, we'll get into the nitty gritty with Mike. Mike grew up in, I- in Emmett, Idaho, as I mentioned before, and has been hunting nearly all of his life. So it's fair to say that he knows a little bit about this. I asked Mike about what kind of gear a person would need if they were getting into ducks hunting. He said, so it's going to depend primarily on where and how you are hunting. The obvious stuff is going to be a hunting license and a federal duck stamp. In Idaho, you also need an Idaho migratory bird permit. A shotgun and lead free shells are really the only other bare necessities. From there, the two main styles of hunting are either going to be field hunting or water hunting. If you're incredibly blessed with private property access, you're hunting both. For water hunting, you need waders and floating decoys, also called also called floaters. For field hunting, um, bibs or coveralls with muck boots is the way to go as far as clothing. You also generally need either a layout blind or a pit blind as cover is not as readily available when you're hunting a field. Field hunting also uses field decoys. Some things that are handy pretty much all the time but are not necessities would be camo everything, duxy colors so it's important to blend in, and even the best blinds won't fully cover you. You can also do with a hard shell jacket, a floating gun case, a call lanyard, a mallard hen call, a Canadian honker call, a 6-in-1 duck whistle, a duck strap, a good decoy bag, which makes the walk-in way better. I actually have a pack frame rigged up to mine. Then a jerk rig, which is used to move the floaters, and warm clothes and hand warmers, which are an absolute godsend. There are a few different types of decoys that we use while hunting. One of these types is a spinning wing decoy. These have a flashing effect that catches the duck's eye from a much further distance than normal decoys and mimics the effect of ducks flapping their wings. Then there is the confidence decoy. These decoys are not the primary target of the hunt. For example, throwing teal, widgeon, goose, or even heron decoys in with your mallow decoy spread makes the ducks appear more lifelike instead of just a bunch of the same species.
Now this may seem like a lot of gear to accumulate for a new hobby, but just remember that the license, duct stamp, gun, and shells are the only absolutely necessary items you need to get you going. Next, I got to ask Mike what he looks for when finding a place to hunt. I had to assure him that I would not share any of his personal hunting locations. He said, for fields, it honestly comes down to a lot of scouting and door knocking. Basically, just watch where the birds are feeding and get permission to hunt the field. Cut or flooded corn is always a good go-to, but at the end of the day, with field hunting, you're either in the X or you're not. Occasionally, you can have a pretty good day if you get set up on a field in between the water that the birds are roosting on and the field that they are hitting. With the right spread and calling, you can pull enough birds, but you better hope the wind is perfect. Waterfowl prefer to land into the wind and that you're right underneath their flight path. Water is a little different due to the fact that a lot more of it is public land. There are two different methods I use for finding duck spots, and it depends on how the hunting in the area is. If there are a lot of birds flying in the valley, which there really aren't right now, I'm normally looking for rivers around 6 inches to 3 feet deep, moving just fast enough to cause a little bit of a ripple effect. I'm not sure why, but the ducks seem to like it and it also moves your decoys around and makes them more real looking. I prefer smaller water. The main channel is good for seeing a lot of birds, but they have so much room to land you have a hard time directing them into your kill circle. I prefer more of a kill hole strategy, a big sweeping bend on a back channel or a spot where it pulls up a little before hitting fast water is always good as it forces them to land in a more limited area. So all you have to do is get them to decide that that's where they want to land. I'll also look for good ponds in the early season. They can be as much as four to five feet deep and just surrounded by agriculture. If there aren't a whole lot of ducks, my strategy changes from finding ideal places to hunt them to finding places that it is legal for me to hunt them that they are likely receiving less hunting pressure in. This consists of just using resources like Onks, a GPS map for hunters, to find bits of public land that are harder to access and still somewhat fit the bill of a good duck habitat. As you can see, it might be best to go with an experienced hunter who knows the lay of the land. Next, I asked Mike what a typical duck hunt looks like. He said, public land duck hunting is different from private. Private is more laid back because you're not competing for spots, and generally on private land, you've got nice permanent blinds, which is quite luxurious. The majority of what I do is public land hunting, and there's a kind of unspoken code that public land is first come, first serve, and if someone beats you to your spot, it's their spot that day. So it normally starts with getting out there super early to get the spot. I usually go out around 3 to 4 a.m., and sometimes I'll even spend the night. Once you get out there, it's about setting up your decoy spread and setting up your hide. For decoy spreads, there are lots of different tactics. I honestly try to mimic whatever the birds are doing. For example, late season, it's colder, and they're normally in tighter groups to conserve body heat. They're also starting to pair off into mating pairs, so I normally work in a couple hens that appear to be being chased by three to five drakes. Drakes see that, and they'll dive in from a mile high to get the girl. Setting up the hide is also very important. Whether it be brushing up a semi-permanent blind or digging in the layout blinds, it is important to make sure that where you're hunting from is concealed very well, and it is also important to be aware of what your blind actually does for you. A lot of people will make blinds that have full 360-degree concealment with shooting windows, and then they get frustrated because even though you can't see the blinds, they're flaring or frightening birds. This happens because their blinds allow light through it, but they think it's okay to move. Little stuff like that makes a huge difference, and it has to be maintained throughout the day. 
When field hunting, geese will flare if you don't pick up your shotgun shells between flights. After you're set up, it's kind of hurry up and wait until shooting light. Then it's working the birds and figuring out what they are like what they are liking that day. Some days they like non-stop load calling and as many decoys as you can fit in the hole. In other days they like soft quacks and no decoys. So you're constantly reading the ducks and adapting your spread and your style and even your hide. I've been hidden before and damn near made eye contact with ducks and watched them nope out and it's like, okay, I thought I was hidden, good, but clearly no. Then once you get your limit or run out of time, pick up and leave the place in better shape than you found it. When you get home, you gotta clean the birds. To finish up my talk with Mike, I wanted to ask him what he personally loves about this sport. I mean, he clearly must love it since he knows so much about it and will spend the night outside sleeping in the freezing cold just to guarantee a decent hunting spot for him and his buddies. I asked him to share one of his favorite experiences and why he does what sounds crazy to almost everyone else. He said, I love getting to spend time out in nature with my friends. It's beautiful. Getting to see a sunrise with frost covering everything and just sitting around with your friends and working birds is always a blast. One of my favorite things is watching the dogs work. A good water dog is so fun to watch and they live for it. I have lots of amazing stories about my dog Woody. I think my favorite was a time that we were out on the snake in like negative five degree weather and we winged a bird that went down on the other side of a deep channel. Woody went after it and it started diving on him. He kept going after it and we saw it pop up on the bank across the river. Woody finally came back up for air and like took off down the stream and we were like calling him back but he just kept going and we see something floating down the river looked like a stick and we're thinking he's thinking it's a duck but anyhow he kept going retrieved the thing and starts swimming back up river. Then he proceeds to drop his neoprene vest an expensive vest for dogs that protects them from the elements, that he somehow ripped off chasing the duck at my feet and looked up at me like, Dad, put this thing back on me. It's freaking cold. He retrieved his own vest, and I thought that was awesome, especially with the amount of guys I get in the store just complaining about their dog is always, um, about how their dog is always losing its vest. I just love hunting in general, as you know, but my love for waterfowl hunting is a combination of the visual aspect and the social aspect. There is a lot of hurry up and wait with your buddies and duck hunting, and I feel like you make some really good friendships in the blind. But also my favorite part about hunting is getting to play the game with the animal. All of my favorite types of hunting include calling and various other means of actually interacting with and fooling the animal. Ducks, though, it's so visual. For instance, archery, elk, and turkey, and predator hunting, unless you get a good shot um, opportunity, a lot of times the very best thing you get is just vocalizing back and forth with the animal. You could have animals right there and not even know it. With waterfowl, their cover is that they're up in the sky, so you get to see everything the whole time. And I don't know, I just love that. Alrighty, that's it folks. You have now been opened up to the world of Idaho duck hunting by an experienced native. I hope that you were able to learn some things and might now be interested in taking up a new sport. Thanks for listening to Not a Duck Commander Yet.